to hear so we don't get fined. My name is David. My name is Tomas. And we are back from a little bit of a holiday break. Yeah, we got snowed in a little. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of interrupted our recording schedule. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it yeah. was Christmas, which obviously. You know, oh, Christmas. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking? Is that a new word that I didn't know?" David. Yeah, it's from the Vine. I get it. Merry Christmas, Merry Chrysler. Uh, but yeah, so we were obviously taking a little break. Uh, holiday season. We got snowed in. Uh, initially we were going to record through it, but we thought, you know, what's the point really? We've missed a few episodes. It's the holidays. People aren't, you know, and I mean, like podcast right now. Who wants to like, I'm sure a lot of people would find enjoyment with cats in the background causing a ruckus. I mean, I would have. I mean, no, I did. I would have too, but some people might not have, you know, enjoyed that too much. Minerva and beans do not cause a ruckus. I mean, beans causes a ruckus. Acutus. They're adorable. Beans causes a ruckus. I don't care what he does. It's not a ruckus. A ruckus implies bad. Beans could do no wrong. A ruckus doesn't imply bad. It implies loud. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, but we are back. We are back with another one. Back to our schedule. Regularly scheduled programming. So, if you Although, I would just like to point out, every time we say we're back to our regularly scheduled programming, something happens. Something happens. Did we miss a pod that week or something? Yeah. Okay. Listen. You're getting three pods this week. Yeah, you Deal are. with it. Yeah, you are. But in case you have forgotten, our regularly scheduled programming includes a Wikipedia game today. Yeah, it does. And I have a disclaimer, David. Okay. These hints are hard. All right, so I'm not getting this one. Sweet. All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay, hint number one. This team began play in 1966, and in their first three seasons, this what they... team? What? This what team? This football team, okay. sorry. They went a combined 9-33 and 33 in their first three seasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers. No. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been around a lot longer than that. Wait, when did they start? 1966. Oh, I missed that. Mm. Yep, that's on me. Okay, okay. Uh, in 1998... This team made it to their first Super Bowl after upsetting the 15-1 and Vikings, a Super Bowl that they would lose to the Denver Broncos, meaning this team does not currently have a Super Bowl win in their franchise's history. Interesting. Okay, give me the Cincinnati Bengals. No, but that's an interesting guess. They don't have a Super Bowl. They don't have a Super Bowl. Okay, ready. This team once had a... Hall of Fame player on their roster. Arguably the greatest at his position. What position is that? I can't tell you that. Uh, this player played in three professional games in two days. Dion Sanders. Who played for the Detroit Lions? No. No, who did Dion? I know who it is. Okay. Uh, in 2016, this team scored 540 points, which was the seventh best offensive season in NFL history, and that comes out to 33.75 points per game. The Atlanta Falcons. That is correct. It is the Atlanta Falcons. Would you like to know what the last hint was? Yeah. This team traded away the Hall of Fame quarterback who would go on to become the NFL leader in interceptions, and he has 59 on the second place person. Oh, wow. That's, wow. 
I did not know that about Deion Sanders. What? Deion Sanders? No, quarterback. Uh, wait. Wait, what? Yeah, Repeat was... the hint. This team traded away a Hall of Fame quarterback oh. who would go on to become the NFL leader in career interceptions, and he has 59 mm-hmm. on the second place person. Matt Ryan? No. Oh. Who? Brett Favre. Was on the Falcons? Was drafted by the Falcons. Really? And then traded to the Packers after his first season. I did season. not know that. They did not care for his drinking habits. Huh. No. Interesting. Interesting. You got that quick. I mean, Deion Sanders gave it away. I was, I was I was hoping that it would like because like you know like there's been other multi-sport athletes. Yeah, but not like, not there, as famous as Dion. There's been Dion. There's been Bo. Yeah, not as famous as Dion though. And you know, also, Dion Dion played for a couple of teams. He played for the 49ers. Yeah, the but Cowboys. when he played for when he played like the World Series game and the football game in like one day or whatever, he was on the Falcons. Yeah, because yeah. he played on the Falcons and the Braves. Yep, against the Pirates. Yeah, so. That's why I guessed the Falcons. Also, the reason I guessed, I, when I said Deion Sanders, I went, like, in my head to, um, um, the Sanders from Detroit. That's why I guessed Detroit. Who am I Barry? Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Uh, but anyway. Uh, uh, but anyway, I don't know if you noticed this, but. I just said but twice in a very small span. Uh, there is a wild Christmas weekend of NFL football. Two weeks left to go in the season. I thought we would break down some of, some of the games of contention. Something major happened this weekend? Uh, maybe, Anything big? Maybe, maybe a couple. Did someone get fired? No, there were definitely some very big things that happened in the NFL this week. Uh, we're going to talk about a few games. Uh, well, where do you want to start? You want to start with Panthers-Lions? I want to start with Panthers-Lions. I think that's the easiest one of the games we're going to cover. Uh, Panthers jump out to a major lead against the Lions, and it is just too much for Dan Campbell to overcome. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but a uh, when the coaches met at half at half field, midfield, Why'd I say half field? Midfield. When the coaches met at midfield after the game, Dan Campbell was like, oh, I'll tell you what, that was a, a bleep kicking right there. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's it's always nice to see someone acknowledging their effort. Not their effort, but the other team's effort. I love Dan Campbell, and that is the most Dan Campbell thing I've ever heard in my life. Him being like, hey, you guys kicked our butts. Period. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> like that is yeah, the and most it was a Dan bit Campbell surprising. I've ever heard in my life. But yeah, no, this was a weird game, man. Um, you see the the Lions that are hot, right? Yeah. The yeah. Lions are one and six in their first uh, in their first seven, six and one in their last seven. In their last seven games, they've beaten teams like the Vikings, the Jags, which doesn't sound crazy, but the Jags are really good right now. They've beaten the Giants. They've beaten the Packers. They've uh, beating the cow? No, they lost the Cowboys. That was in their losing. <laughs> that was in their losing era. But still, you see them put together six out of seven wins. They're right. playing really good football. And then you have a Carolina Panthers team who is on their 273rd quarterback this year, who fired their coach midseason, who traded away far and away their best player, 
who suddenly are winning a couple games in a row and legitimately attempting to contend for the NFC South. Yeah, the NFC South hasn't been really decided yet. So it's really anyone. If Carolina wins out and Tampa Bay loses out, it's pretty much the only way Carolina wins. Um, unless they get the same record, because I think Carolina has the tiebreaker over... Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into that. But I do know if Carolina wins out and Tampa Bay loses out, Carolina is in at 8-9. and nine. Right. And this is a... I mean, the way Tampa Bay's been playing, the way the last couple of games have gone for Carolina, it's a legitimate thing. But coming into this game, I don't know. I expected a lot out of the Lions. I thought this was going to be a barn burner. I thought they were going to win by a mile. Uh, and when you look at the offensive stats for Jared Goff, he had a great game. He had a fantastic game. 25 of 42, not the best completion percentage, but still. 355 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, only sacked twice, whatever. I think the issue comes for Detroit. The run game. When you look at the fact that Jared Goff also led the team in let rushing. Me, let me tell you something. There are quarterbacks where you look at these stats every week and you notice that they led their team in rushing. And you're like, that. I like... That's not what's supposed to happen, but I get it. Jalen Hurts, Josh Justin Fields, Josh Fields, Allen, yeah. Lamar Jackson. Jared Goff should not be on that list. No. <laughs> no. Uh, and it's not like he he went off. It's not like it was a rookie uh, rookie I mean, setting on Madden game. He averaged five yards a carry? On three carries. Yeah. Quick maths. That's 15 yards. Yeah. And that's not what you want from a running back duo that has been pretty dominant this season in Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I also, mean, one of those is a 14-yard run. So the other two runs combined were one yeah. yard. <laughs> uh, but DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams combined for 23 carries on 11 yards. Yeah. No. 11 carries. Oh, yeah. 23 yards on, on 11, 11 carries. carries. Yeah, Sorry. Um, but still, but, that's terrible. But then you look at the Panthers, and you're like, oh, found found the Lions' run game. Uh, Carolina swiped it from them. Deontay Foreman having a monster game, 165 yards, 21 attempts, and a touchdown. And Chubba Hubbard, 12 carries, 125 yards. What are they drinking down in Carolina? 7.9 yards per carry. And then 10.4. yards yeah. per carry. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, and then on the throwing side of the ball for Carolina, Sam Darnold looking like a competent quarterback for a change. I mean, it looked fun. 15-22, uh, 250 and a touchdown. He has yet to throw an interception all season. I mean, he's played like, what, two games? He's played like three. Well, I mean, but it's, a, it's Sam Darnold we're talking about here. I mean, the, he only like, threw the ball 22 times. Okay, but I mean, listen, listen. The Jets felt the need to move on from Sam Darnold and bring in Zach Wilson. And there was a reason for that. I'm just saying, Sam Darnold, going into Carolina this season, the quarterback situation of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, PJ Walker, Sam Darnold's looked the best. At times. Granted, Matt Corral went down with injury very early in preseason for the whole year with a collarbone, but... I do think it's important to note that while this defense has been playing better, this is still a historically bad defense. Just because they've been playing better doesn't mean they don't still have some of the holes that can be exploited. Like, the personnel on the defensive side of the football hasn't changed. Coaching has changed and all that. 
but the actual personnel on the football field hasn't changed all that much. And so why I think you, it is important to note. Why are you hating on Aiden Hutchinson, bro? I'm not. It sounds like you're hating on Aiden Hutchinson. He's a rookie. He's had an okay year. He had he's a had terrible a year to start. Year. He had a terrible year to start. What are you he's talking had a, about? He's had a good few games. He's had a good, like, six games. You are so wild, bro. But, anyway, that's not the point. The point is, this this defense is still not great. And so, keep that in mind. Uh, obviously, t- 320 rushing yards, 7.4 yards per carry as a team, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Carolina found and exploited Detroit's defense where it needed to be exploited. Um, here's where I worry for the Lions. I really thought the Lions were going to make a playoff push. Okay. I really did. Uh, and after this game, I don't know if that's possible. They really needed to win out, and they needed some other things to happen. Yeah. So I'm 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 hopeful for next year. The, give them nine and eight. This give them is, eight and nine. I think that's a good season for the Lions. This is the best Lions season in like 15 years. I mean. No, not 15 years. They made the playoffs like eight years ago. Did but, they? Yeah. They haven't won a playoff game in Jim like Caldwell, 60. Jim Caldwell took them to the playoffs when they were bad, bad. But I think this Lions team has more positives to look at going forward than that Lions team did. You have Amon Ross St. Brown, which is a great wide receiver one option. Maybe hopefully find a complimentary piece. You do have Jameson Williams, but the grade is incomplete there because he, you know, missed, missed the majority of the season. Of the yeah. season. It'll be interesting to see what he can do when he gets a full off season of working and not rehabbing. You have a usually dominant running back combo in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And you have Jared Goff, who honestly has kind of had a, a, a career resurgence here. We kind of thought he was cooked. And we thought that going to Detroit would be the final nail in the coffin. But he's proving a lot of us wrong this year. I feel like we've always kind of had this negative view on Jared Goff. Yeah. But, like... Look at his stats, specifically his stats under Sean McVay, as opposed to his stats under the all-time losing his coach in NFL history, Jeff Fisher. He's not a bad quarterback. Like, I'm not going to put him in my top 15, but, like, statistically, he's not that bad. No, no, and he's been fan. And he's been, especially during the 6 out of 7, or I guess now 6 out of 8 stretch, he's looked incredible. Uh, but like you said, they do have a good, probably one of the better running back tandems in football. Obviously, tonight or last night or today's Tuesday. When when did they play? Sunday, Saturday? I don't know when they played. <laughs> I you think get it. Was it. Saturday. Uh, the other day uh, did not show that. But even still, DeAndre Swift and James Jamal Williams have looked really good. Uh, Jameson Williams, I do think, is going to be good. Uh, and then Amon Ross St. Brown is obviously, I mean, probably a top ten wide receiver this year. I would wager. Don't do that. That this has been the best season of Jared Goff's career. He's uh, had higher touchdown numbers and higher yard numbers, but the picks have been phenomenal this year. He's only thrown seven all year, and he's got 26 touchdowns. I think it's real hard to say that when uh, you've been to a Super Bowl. I'm talking individually. Like he's had really good seasons. He's had really good seasons. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just him I don't at think all. picks. I don't think picks. But there's still two are games. necessary. Necessarily the worst thing in the world. Like I think we overrate picks. Picks like are. Brett Favre is widely considered to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and 
he led he the, yeah, leads he, the league currently by 59 picks all time. Wow. How'd you pull that number out? Uh, just, just guessed. Crazy. Um, uh, Eli Manning threw a lot of picks. Won two Super I think, Bowls. I Peyton think, Manning threw a lot of picks. Like I think picks are irrelevant or very relevant. It depends on the rest of the numbers. Because like, think about it like this. Think about it like this, right? See, I don't think it even depends on, on the rest of the numbers. To me, it depends on whether or not it's losing you games. I mean, I think I like think if the your quarterback is putting you. Well, yeah, no, I mean numbers are relevant. I'm saying is whether or not picks are relevant or not doesn't matter against the rest of the numbers. Okay, but like obviously the other numbers here, are relevant. Here's here's my example though. Josh Allen and Matt Ryan have the same amount of picks. Yeah. On the season, one of those is viewed through a different lens, and it's not just because of the record, but like the rest of the stats. I mean, Allen has 1,500 more yards. And 20 more touchdowns than Ryan does. See, I disagree. Matt Ryan's inter- what I think is the difference is Matt Ryan plays for a dumpster fire. Well, yes, but Matt Ryan has lost games with his turnovers. Josh Allen has not. If you for in order Matt Ryan okay, David. Josh Allen has won David. games despite his turnovers. Matt Ryan has not. David, I think that's the you difference. have to be in games at some point for your turnovers to be what loses you the game. I don't really understand what that... Colts haven't been blown out very much this season. So. I mean, I would argue against the Vikings they were blown out. I mean, we lost by three and we're up by 33 at one point. I mean, you say we lost by three. I say you guys lost by 36. But that's false. Is and it? Minnesota scored 39. I'm talking in the in regulation. Okay. But we we had thirty six in regulation. I just wanted to remind you that you guys blew. The yeah. Thirty. Point is, we've not been blown out this season hardly at all. Maybe one or two games, and so we've been in every game we've played. Um, and literally, I can think of off the top of my head two game winning drives that we could have had that were stopped because of a turnover by Matt Ryan. Uh, and that's just off the top of my head. Plus the other games we lost. Where he has three, four turnovers, three okay, fumbles, okay. two but picks. Let me like, ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, but this let is. Me, th- but what I'm saying is, Josh Allen doesn't do that. In the games where he has, like, take all the games where he has multiple picks, he's won the majority of those games. Take all the games where he has multiple turnovers. The vast majority of those are still W's by Josh Allen because he can do superhuman things outside of throwing picks, and he can still put his team in a position to win despite his turnovers. I think there is a lot to say about a touchdown to interception ratio. I think, it, yes, like a little bit, but not as much as I think we put on it. Like, I don't think it's as important as we say it is. I do think it is is still important, but like if we give it like an 8 out of 10 of importance, I think it's only like a 4 out of 10. Okay, well let me ask you this about Matt Ryan and those picks that have costed games on game-winning drives. Say that pick did not happen. How confident are you that those drives would have resulted in the game-winning score? In the two off the top of my head, both. Okay. Very confident. Okay. Because we were scooting, like moving down the field easily within 30 seconds, moved all the way down the field, stopped immediately by red zone turnover by Matt Ryan. Okay. Okay. So very. Like, And that's that's my point. That's my point is that – at the beginning of this season, we were looking at Jared Goff solely for the L's in the Vikings or in the in the Lions L column. 
Okay. We were looking solely at Jared Goff because of his turnovers. And so while he cleaned it up and is doing better now and they're playing better now, I still think you have to look at those early games where the team was losing because of Jared Goff, which is why I would point at his time with the Rams the year they went to the Super Bowl where he might have had more turnovers, but they were winning more games they as were, better seasons. They were winning more games, but I do think it is also relevant to mention that that was possibly the most boring Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, it, that was a tough one. I also would like to say... Under the tutelage of Jared Goff, that team was the number one off- number one overall offense in the NFL. Obviously, it didn't look like it in the Super Bowl, but I would they argue, were the number one overall offense in the entire NFL, and large part of that was due to Jared Goff. I would argue that a bigger part of that was because of Sean McVay. I don't... See, I agree and disagree. I think you have to have... Like, coaching is not everything. Right. Because Matt Stafford last year was not good, but they still won a Super Bowl. Right. Not... Not... He was good. He was fine. He wasn't world beater. He wasn't in the MVP conversation. He wasn't having a career year. Well, I mean, to be clear, though, you have to do a lot to get into the MVP conversation with some of the names that are defaultly put in that conversation. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But then also this year, um, Matt Stafford has played terrible, and that team has looked bad. Oh, yeah. And the so, Rams as yes, a whole. The breaks have come off. Like, Sean McVay is an offensive guru, but he can't do it with anybody. Like, we're seeing, like... In Philadelphia, you can put just about anybody in that offense, and they're going to do good. We just saw Gardner Minshew throw for over 400 yards in a in a game. That because is a great offense. That offensive system is set up so well, and that's not to take anything away from Jalen Hurts. I don't want to start that because I think Jalen Hurts is incredible. Has made a huge jump, but that there's a difference in L.A. and Philadelphia because in L.A., Sean McVay, while he is offensively gifted, I'm not saying he's not. I think he needs a rather competent quarterback, a really good quarterback, to make his offensive system work. And I think Jared Goff was a really good quarterback because now we're seeing nothing against Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford's good. I think he's just old and his age is getting the best of him. Uh, But Matt Stafford has not been great this year. He's been actually pretty bad, and that offensive system is not working. I think this is a great time to segue into the Rams. My bad. I didn't mean to get... I didn't mean for that to start a massive conversation no, about no, Jared Goff. No, 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 you're fine. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. when in Rome, let's let's talk about it. The Rams, as you mentioned, Matt Stafford has not looked great this year. That team has not looked great this year. They go up against another major, probably the, the, the Rams have been one of the bigger disappointments this year, correct? Yeah. On the other side, one of the other bigger... I the biggest. The, the biggest. biggest yeah. And I don't think it's close. The biggest disappointment this year, the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And it looked like it was really going to be a toilet bowl. I, yeah. Uh, but the Rams came out slinging 151 to 14. Uh, do the Rams have something in Baker Mayfield? Is it time to say goodbye to Matt Stafford? I, so I think this is hard because how do you, like, the guy you traded. 27 first round picks for and immediately won a Super Bowl with. How do you just immediately say adios after one not great season? Just because Baker Mayfield, a guy who has a pretty good history of being inconsistent, comes in and plays a few good games. So I I, I think it's, it's difficult. I think it depends on what Matt Stafford wants to do. I think you definitely hold on to Baker. 
I think you keep Baker if you can, if he doesn't leave. Because if Matt Stafford continues to struggle, you have an option to move on to. I think... I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to sign a contract to be a backup. And I think if he is, I don't think it's going to be for someone established like Matt Stafford. I think maybe... Not, I was about to say Carolina, but we've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, not Carolina. The Jets. See, I don't know, man. Here's my Houston. thing. Houston. Here's my thing. Matt, like... Seattle. I think Baker's a starter in this league. I think he is a starter, too. However, I think there's this massive stigma around Baker Mayfield, and I think a lot of people don't. So I don't know that he has an option to sign as a starter. I hope he does. Okay, I think so he should. I think he deserves it. I think if he had stayed in Carolina, you are right. I think his performance in L.A. has bought him a third life. I hope so. Uh, we're talking about you know all this. Let's get into the numbers. Baker Mayfield playing fantastic. 24 of 28, 232 touchdowns, zero turnovers. Well, he did have a fumble. I don't know if it was recovered or lost, but it fantastic was game. He fumbled it and recovered it himself. So. Uh, Cam Akers finally getting off the uh, missing persons list. Uh, 23 attempts, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Tyler Higby, uh, also nine receptions for 94 yards and two touchdowns. I had a cousin who was in the playoffs. And the other guy had Tyler Higby, and mm-hmm. every time he touched the ball, he'd be like, "All right, that's fine, that's fine. Just don't don't give it to him anymore. That's fine. Don't give it to him anymore." Scores his first touchdown. Okay, if my other players play good, I can still do this. <laughs> Scores his second touchdown. And he goes, "Son of a, this is over." God, it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, on the Denver side, before we there's, a, I feel like there's a lot of abstract conversations to stem from this game. Uh, Russell Wilson, 15 to 27, 214, one touchdown, three Three picks, picks. six sacks. Bad picks, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, eventually they had to throw in Brett Ripien, four of eight, 45 yards, and a pick. Four total picks from the offensive guru and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. Numbers on one side look great, numbers on the other side look terrible. Uh, I will say the only bright spark. Bright, bright spark, spark. Bright spot of the Denver team is Jerry Judy. Six catches, 117 yards. That's pretty daggum good. But other than yeah. that, man, terrible. Jerry Judy, of a notable name floated around in trade rumors earlier. Really? Yeah. Uh, huh. I don't know if that's tied to some of the Broncos' woes this year. Maybe. Maybe try and recoup some of the draft capital that was surrendered to bring in Russell Wilson. But if you're Seattle, you're throwing a parade yeah. over the Broncos season. Well, you got two first, two seconds and a third, I think. And those first are looking good. Yeah, yeah. One of those is going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And for a team that came out a lot Maybe better, a top five pick. Maybe. Uh, for a team that came out a lot better than we were expecting, the future is looking bright. Pete Carroll might be able to rebuild without having to go through the negatives of rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, When it comes down to it, the Rams look fantastic. You talked about the 5.1 yards per carry from Cam Akers. Three touchdowns is huge. Tyler Higby was incredible. Baker Mayfield played, I mean, literally perfect football. Yeah. Four incompletions, that's insane. Uh, The whole team looked really, really good. And on the other side, the the Broncos looked horrendous. The only good spot 
was Jerry Judy. Ripon didn't look good. Russell Wilson continues to have his abnormally horrible season. Um, but there is a big story coming out of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not heard yet, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach, fired. Gone. After going 4-11. and How do you feel about it? I, bl- I mean, listen, I don't generally like the idea of firing a coach before their first full season. I agree. However, there are special circumstances. Urban Meyer. I agree. Uh, and I do think Nathaniel Hackett, but for different reasons. I, I mean, disagree. Like, this team is so broken honestly like if i'm if i'm the new ownership of the broncos right they were just bought weren't they yeah yeah yeah. by the walton family i'm looking at this dumpster fire of a season and i'm saying i don't think we have another choice but to blow it up because you don't have the pieces but like rebuild there's glaring holes something had to change it looks like it looked like it was either hackett or wilson and you're not you're but not how can Wilson they off. blow it up? They just got rid of all their draft capital. That's no, that's what I'm saying is I think that's the reason you have to blow it up is to try and recoup some draft capital and I don't know, build man. your team the right way. I think I think we have a first year head coach who we see how good he was as an offensive guy. We see how bad the offense is in Green Bay. How great it was when he was there. Uh, we know, like, I just think there's a lot of first-year guys that don't win four games. It's their first year. He's never been a head coach. It's his first year ever in a brand-new system. And then you have Russell Wilson who comes over, who is arguably a top-ten quarterback in the league, who plays like a bottom-five quarterback in the league, if not worse. Russell Wilson has been, hands down, a bottom three, in my opinion, quarterback all season, which is completely uncharacteristic of Russell Wilson. And I don't think you can put that, like, we, so I've heard so many, oh, well, it shows how good of a coach Russell, or uh, Pete Carroll is, and how terrible of a coach Hackett is. No, Russell Wilson is a bad quarterback right now. I yeah. don't think that's coaching. The man's 36 years old. He's not, I, I don't think he's a product of coaching anymore. I, I think he came in and is having a horrific season. I don't think you can put that on Hackett. And I think when you look at the four wins versus 11 losses, I think this solely falls on the shoulders of Russell Wilson, not Nathaniel Hackett. I think this season falls on the shoulders of GM John Lynch. I don't disagree there either. And I think I think this I think I think first off I think he loses his job. I should say this, just to clarify real quick. I don't think Hackett is blameless. I don't think Hackett is blameless. So it should not solely fall on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. Right. But if you're going to give it a percentage, it's 5%. 5% Nathaniel Hackett, 25% John Lynch, 70% Russell Wilson. I think a larger part of the blame goes on the John Lynch. I think Russell Wilson is a product of of or this season that we are seeing from Russell Wilson I think is a product of John Lynch's mediocrity. So listen, let me just let me I'm about to get a little long-winded here. 
so bear with me. I feel like when you look at this roster, though, John Lynch has a good history of trades. John Lynch uh, has drafts. Been, like, okay, John Lynch has made good moves. But quarterback is the most important position in the NFL, is it not? But he... Hold on. Just, he went and traded for a top just, seven quarterback. Just hang with me. Okay. Okay? Quarterback, most important position in football. Yeah. You can win without it, but it's a lot easier to win with someone who is just okay than someone who is terrible. Okay. I don't... I, I The point I was making there just slipped my mind, brain. I don't know why I said that. But you have you have Peyton Manning, Hall of Fame, top four quarterback of all time. I mean, top two. You, I, literally... I would say I would say he's top two, but no one can disagree with the fact that he is at least top four. That's fair. That is an indisputable fact. I still feel like you just said top four to piss me off. But... I don't know. I'm, okay, post Peyton Manning, he these are the quarterbacks that have been brought in with John Lynch. This this is their answer to finding a new face of the franchise. Brock Osweiler, fail. Trevor Simeon, fail. Paxton Lynch, fail. Case Keenum, fail. Joe Flacco, fail. Drew Locke, had promise at the beginning, but was not not the guy. Teddy Bridgewater, again, had promise, was not the guy. Russell Wilson, has not been the guy. I I don't see in that list of quarterbacks since Peyton Manning, outside of Paxton Lynch, a notable young talent coming in to develop and build with the team. I've seen a lot of possibly make like I've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks who well, are older. Just... Hold on. I've seen a lot of backup quarterback, quality quarterbacks who are older getting a shot to try and serve as a stopgap. You're literally describing the entire NFL. I'm describing the Broncos and the Colts. You're describing the entire NFL. Name me a third team. Jacksonville. Jacksonville sucks. Jacksonville has sucked for a long time. Jacksonville brought in... The first good quarterback they've had in their franchise's history. Not true. David Garrard. David Garrard was a good quarterback. He was okay. And Blake Bortles had that one season. Blake Bortles had Blake, one season. Do not call Blake Bortles a good quarterback. Jacksonville Do should not. have moved on from Blake Bortles sooner than they did. But the only reason that he, they didn't was because he had that one good season. What I'm, I'm saying, saying is, Thomas, they've brought in young guys. Drew Locke was one of the best quarterback prospects in the league that year. He, uh, Paxton in a, Lynch. In a terrible draft. People said, Pax, people said Paxton Lynch was a steal when they got him. Again. Like, not the best quarterback But draft. what I'm saying is this is what every year is. You draft a quarterback who's supposed to be good, <laughs> whatever, who turns Listen. out to either be or not be. It's impossible to tell with every single team. They've Fair tried. Right. Saying they haven't tried is ridiculous. And finally, when they've tried and tried and tried, they decide, you know what? This trying to kind of steal somebody isn't happening. We're going to go all in on a top six guy. They did the same thing they did when they hired Peyton Manning. We're going to pay him a lot of money. We're going to get a guy who's established and a guy who's great. The difference is Peyton Manning comes in and has the greatest season a quarterback has ever had in the history of football, and Russell Wilson comes in playing like a junior varsity backup quarterback. I no, Here's what I'm saying, though. We're seeing the surrendering of assets, whether it's through trade or cap space and free agency, to bring in these quarterbacks who have not been the guy. Uh, that does not ex- – that 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 – blanket statement excludes russell wilson because he has been the guy but it it exposes them with the amount of assets they gave think about like this right it is 
it is hard to believe that this team would be as bad as they have been this season with Drew Locke. Look at with Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater. Look at Carolina. With, no, Carolina, Carolina has, has done the bad. exact same thing since they lost Cam Newton. But Carolina, every season, it's a quarterback carousel midseason. That's what I'm saying. Carolina's the same way. This is not a uniquely Denver thing. No, I'm and not I think saying. it's because the, the, the quarterback position is so fickle and finicky, especially coming out of the draft. You have no idea. Like, everyone talked about Trevor Lawrence being the greatest thing since Peyton Manning to come out of the NFL draft. And guess what? Now he's looking like he might be, but his first two seasons have been nothing compared to Peyton Manning. Okay, but his first season... And now, and now he's looking okay. We, yeah, but we've established on this podcast in the past that yes. he does get a pass for that first season. Yes, Thomas, you I look, get that. Hold but on, what I'm saying is... If you look at... If you compare Peyton's rookie season to this season from Trevor Lawrence, which I would say is actually his rookie season because last season was a joke of a joke. They're, they are comparable. No, they're not. Secondly, um, Peyton Manning, or not Peyton Manning, uh, but what I'm saying is Trevor Lawrence was this guaranteed shoe-in and so far has not been that. He's looking promising now, but was, I mean, guaranteed to be incredible and hasn't been. And Sam Darnold was the exact same way. We knew how great Sam Darnold was going to be, hasn't been. We, like, there are so, when quarterbacks coming out of the draft are so incredibly, you don't know what you're going to get. There is no shoe-in, there is no lock. Uh, I, I can think of a hundred different quarterbacks. Josh Rosen, was the fact that he fell to 10 was absolutely insane. Mind-boggling, crazy. And what has he done? Absolutely nothing and no longer is even relevant in the National Football League. There are so many quarterbacks that come out of college football that it is impossible to take a flyer and say yes or no and be confident in that choice. Uh, Because anything could happen. Really fast. Not only is Trevor Lawrence's numbers this year actually comparable to Peyton Manning's, they're a lot better. I'm not talking about this year. We're talking about rookie year. I'm t- yeah, but we, we've established on this podcast that we can throw away his rookie year last year because it was so bad. Not no, just on the field, No, you can't just throw away a rookie season. year. We Thomas, have established no, this. We, what we have established is that we can't use his rookie year to say whether or not he's going to be a good or a bad quarterback. But his rookie year was still his rookie year. He still has those numbers that are go on going to go on his record. We can't use that year to establish whether or not he's going to be good or bad. But it still happened. Okay, so then at what And it was point? still not nearly as good as Peyton Manning's, which okay. was not great, but Peyton's was better. I mean, they That's have... all I'm saying. But that's not even the argument here. The argument is that court like taking a flyer on a quarterback in a draft is exactly that. It's taking a flyer. It's a guess. I mean, because quarterbacks a, that, that we know a, for a fact are going to be incredible are going to come out to be bad, and quarterbacks that we're going to draft with the two hundred and sixty second pick are going to be the best rookie of the year so far. In Brock Purdy, like that's what I'm saying. It's a flyer. It's a guess. We don't know. I'm not saying that we automatically know. I say I'm saying taking a flyer on a kid from the draft is a lot better than pursuing a career backup. And they've done that. Denver has done that. Denver has done it the same way a lot of other teams have done it. They've just gotten unlucky. 
Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be great, gets injured. Uh-huh. Joe Flacco was never meant to be the starter. He was brought in to be a veteran backup in a young quarterback room. Drew Locke was supposed to be really, really good and of? had the promise of being really, they, really good. Of? They of? did it the correct way, in my opinion. They just got unlucky. That's not unlucky. Of that list, there was only one quarterback that they picked in the first round, and that was Paxton Lynch, and they traded up in the last pick of the first round to get him. They have thrown away, basically, two opportunities with two decent quarterback classes coming in, and they uh, the, these picks turned out to be high picks. And granted, granted, there is no way to know if what you're going to end up picking at the end of the season when it's the when the season hasn't even begun. There is no way to know that. But you have two good quarterback classes coming, especially compared to the last couple that we've had. And you have thrown away your opportunity to get a high-end prospect to bring in a 36-year-old quarterback and pay him $235 million to do so. This is this is this more is, than egg on the face of John This Lynch. is the exact same thing. This is, this is the exact same thing that the Los Angeles Rams did last year. But they won the Super the Bowl. The exact same thing. The difference is Matthew Stafford didn't play like a third grader with his first Nerf ball. That's the difference. And they But won we games. praise, praise, praise if you, the GM in L.A. And now you're saying John Lynch should lose his because, job. No, no, because... Because here's the thing, though. They did the exact same thing, except Russell Wilson historically was a better quarterback. Here's the thing, though. Denver has been disappointing for a minute. They have not been as good as we think they should be going and into the season. And you can directly put that on the quarterback position. And you can, But whose job is it to make sure that every position is ironed out? It's the GM. But they've done the same like, thing other teams have done. They've just gotten unlucky. But, like, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. They've been this bad. They had the number one defense for the majority of the season this year. And they've still been this bad. The the GM in L.A., he didn't just bring in Matthew Stafford. He brought in Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., another name that I'm forgetting. But, like, there were other moves. It wasn't just, bam, quarterback, problem solved now. Whereas it seems like John Lynch isn't addressing the other issues on the team. John Lynch has a top 10 court, or, uh, wide receiver in the league. In Does Jerry he? Judy. Not yes. statistically. Ah. And potential, yeah, sure, but not statistically. Before this season, Jerry Judy has not been what we thought he would be. I'm I'm a big Judy fan. Anyway, I hope, I anyway, hope he does good. He has a he great has young wide receiver. A great young wide receiver. And has built one of the best defenses in the entire National Football League, even this year. Okay, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this about Jerry Judy. He's in his third season. He has never had more than 900 yards in a season. That's a good season. 900 yards is a great season. He hasn't he hasn't hit 900. His yards three so three seasons, right? Uh, rookie se- I'm going to go rookie season to now. How many games? He's missed games, hasn't he? Uh, he has missed, he missed six games last season. Okay. It is week 17, so they've played 16 games. He's missed three games this season. They've played 15 games. So then he's missed two games this season. Uh, yards from rookie year to this year. 
856-467-780. So 856 is really good for a rookie. 856 is really good for a rookie. 456 in 10 games is really good. Is it? That's under 50 yards a game. I mean, so is 1,000 yards a season. Okay, okay. But let's go touchdowns. Rookie, and I will say this year he does have touchdowns. Rookie season to this year. Three touchdowns, zero touchdowns, six touchdowns. Okay, so fine. Maybe not a great. The, there's still. I'm not. I'm not saying that Jerry Judy is a bad wide receiver at all. I, so the potential maybe he's not is top still 10. there. Maybe he's not top ten, but I think that's top twenty numbers. Maybe he's not top ten, but that's top twenty. Point is, they have really good offensive pieces. They have one of the best defenses in all of football. That's not arguable. They do. They do. When like you say this is John Lynch's fault. But when, at the beginning of this season, everyone who knows anything about football was talking about how this team has everything on it but a quarterback. This team has been built in the perfect way at every position except quarterback, and now they have fixed it. Everyone who knows anything about football had them at first or second in the division. Everyone who knows anything about football has praised I mean, the job that John Lynch has done. This season was not because John Lynch has not built a good football team. This season is not a product of John Lynch making the incorrect move. This season is not a product of John Lynch not being a good GM. This season is a product of Russell Wilson playing horrific football. Right. Inexplicably. Okay, okay. Uncharacteristically. It is uncharacteristic. That would be like that would be like you saying me dumping all of my money into the most profitable metal on the like like I found like this incredible metal this guy didn't know what it was offered to sell it to me for five bucks because he didn't know and I was like yeah I can sell it for a thousand and then the very next day the market for that metal dropping and I can only get a penny off of it that's a smart move by me I didn't know the thing was gonna drop listen if hindsight is 2020 right I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that at the time a lot of people thought it was a great move. It was a great move. It hasn't aged. It was a it great hasn't move. Aged well, and you have to sit here and look. You have to look. Okay. What cuz John Lynch is going to be it doesn't matter what moves he makes the rest of his tenure. This is the move that everyone is going to look at. Russell Wilson is going to be compared But it wasn't John Lynch's fault. So whose fault was it? Russell Wilson's. So okay. I've said you, that a hundred times. I know, I know you've said that a hundred times. How do you put it all on Russell Wilson? What other instance have we seen a quarterback go from good to great to not even third string quality? When have we? That's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm so saying, you can't, I'm like, saying, we've seen plenty of coaches. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks go through coaching changes. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks go through slumps. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks switch teams. We have never, ever seen a quarterback go from top five to bottom three. That's what I'm in saying. In one season. I'm saying. I, and, and so I'm why saying, would you put it on a coach? Because it's, because we've never seen a quarterback do that. There has to be an extra circumstance or two contributing to this. And I think, But we've never seen it happen with coaching changes. I, There's no precedent either way, so why would you automatically put it on a coach? Especially a coach who put together one of the best offenses in the league three years in a row in Green Bay. You can't put it on a coach. Nathaniel Hackett didn't come from Green Bay. He came from Jacksonville. Nathaniel Hackett came from Green Bay. Nathaniel Hackett was the OC for Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. 
uh, no, Nathaniel Hackett was the OC for Jacksonville the year that they popped off. That's where he was. That was in 2012. That was not in 2012. That the year in... they went to the or the playoffs and AFC Championship. Yeah, that was in 2012. No, it wasn't, David. I was in college when that happened. I was in. Oh, it was 2017. Still, that was five years ago. My point is, is you can't say Nathaniel. You can't put all From of it on Russell. 2019, Wilson and say, 2020, and 2021. He was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, he was carried by Aaron Rodgers then. The. Really? Because the year he leaves, Aaron Rodgers is playing like hot garbage. That's because there's no one for him to throw to. Thomas, knew that going you into have spent the season. extensive amount of time talking about Christian well, Watson. Yeah, like he's the next best thing no, since Marvin Harrison. I've said Christian Watson. I have not said Christian Watson. If anything, I've been a bigger proponent of Romeo Dobbs. But the thing is, is they're both young. They both have had supreme struggles with drops and just getting open and things that rookie wide receivers struggle with. The point is, what's more likely in your offensive plummeting? Losing one wide receiver or losing your offensive coordinator? Because both of those things happen. Their offense plummeted. I would put that more towards losing your offensive coordinator, the guy who puts together your offensive game plan, than losing one guy who catches the football. I would disagree. It's okay to be wrong. I, I Listen, David, it is. It really is okay to be wrong. But, Thomas, we have seen guys play really good football without weapons. We've seen the we've offense. Seen Tom Brady. We've seen the offense look really good without great weapons. Name? Name the last time you saw an offense look really good with bad coaching. Peyton Manning. When? Tony yes. Dungy was a great coach. Jim Caldwell was a great coach. And Denver. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> but I'm, still, like, what I'm saying is you can't put it on. This is unprecedented. It is. It is. A quarterback going from, like, best to worst is unprecedented. We've never seen it happen as quickly as it has happened. And so there are two people you can blame. One of them is an established offensive guru. I mean, there's three people you can blame. Two people. Coach, quarterback, GM. You can't blame the GM for a player getting worse. The GM's job is personnel, not making them better, bringing them in. The but GM does not do in, drills with the their, player. But their job is to bring in the right players. I'm saying Russell Wilson was not the right player. But that has nothing to do with him getting better or worse. I, it is the GM's job. To protect the future of Thomas, the team. I am solely I am solely talking about who to blame for Russell Wilson playing bad football. Okay. John Lynch is not in that conversation. Okay. You can either blame Nathaniel Hackett or you can blame Russell Wilson. Okay. And it doesn't make sense to blame Hackett. But it does okay, but it also doesn't make sense to blame Russell Wilson. Why? Because, because Russell Wilson, this is the only year in his career that he's not played at a Pro Bowl level. And it's his first year with a first year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. He has just as good as the weapons that he had in Seattle. You think a 36-year-old quarterback who has played a phenomenal level of football for 14 years. Is that influenced by a head coach? I think the play calling, I think the schemes, I think all of that stuff, the system that he is running is directly influenced by the I, head coach. I would challenge you to have you, how much Denver football have you watched this year? 
I try not to watch hot piles of garbage. I would challenge you to look up Russell Wilson. I would rather watch Pop. I would challenge you to look up Russell Wilson play, and you tell me if it's bad play calling or Russell Wilson throwing the ball directly to a defender. I'm not. You saying, tell me if it's bad play saying, calling or Russell Wilson making horrible decisions. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is blameless. I'm saying that more of the blame than you are willing to give to Nathaniel Hackett belongs on Nathaniel Hackett. I completely disagree. I mean, it's on Nathaniel Hackett that Russell Wilson was still using Seattle Seahawks audibles in the middle of the season. No, it's not. Kidding? Yes. You How is that on Nathaniel Hackett? You are the head coach. You nip that in the bud right the second it happens. You say, hey, we're not doing that. This is Denver. It's not Seattle. No one knows what you're talking about. You're the head coach. You're the leader of the team. Take some leadership of the team and nip it in the bud. That is laughable laughable david thomas we have seen time and time again quarterbacks who are established and good not give a flying toot about what their coach says or thinks okay those we have are seen guys those are quarterbacks on established teams that have been there they're for a long run of their career. Peyton this, Manning did the exact same thing his first year in Denver. Okay, well, Russell Wilson isn't Peyton Patrick Manning. Patrick Mahomes was doing this stuff his second year in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes wasn't... Patrick Mahomes' second year in Kansas City was his first year starting. I know! I guarantee you he wasn't pulling that stuff. We've seen him call audibles. There's a difference between calling audibles built from your playbook and we have watched can you let me finish a sentence oh says the guy who's interrupted me 17 times this is absurd david while it's still on my brain you're gonna get a bunch of text messages this week of people telling you i'm right second you're not there's a difference between calling audibles built off the playbook that you and your team come together under the leadership of your coach to use and calling audibles from another conference's team's playbook there's Thomas, a complete difference. If As you the think, head coach, you have a responsibility to pull your quarterback aside and say, hey, either you're going to call the audibles from our playbook or you're not calling audibles. That is your responsibility. It is, I mean, legitimately laughable. Like, I could laugh at how stupid it is to assume that a 36-year-old quarterback of the caliber of Russell Wilson you think is going to listen to something like, like if you think Nathaniel Hackett pulls him aside and says that, you think he takes that seriously. Again, I'm not saying Russell Wilson is blameless. I'm just saying more of the blame than you are willing to give to Nathaniel Hackett belongs on Nathaniel Hackett. I if anything, I think it's 50-50. 50-50, my butt. You almost Listen. made me say a bad word. What are you, like, I... It's not my fault you're dumb. When, when players are... Like, 22 to 28. Okay. I think their play can be heavily changed and improved or made worse by coaches. I agree with that. Heavily. Mm -hmm. After that, especially a player of a high caliber, their play is directly... It's ingrained. It's on them. Yeah. Not their coaches. Okay. 
I don't understand how you can agree with that and then say Russell Wilson is playing bad because of Nathaniel Hackett. I'm saying that they're both equally just at fault for the product how? on the field. How? Again, it comes to Russell. But this offense has looked light years better with Brett Ripon in. That's because Brett Ripon uses the Denver Broncos audibles. But you put a quarterback. <laughs> I'm saying, David. I'm you put saying... in a guy like Brett Ripon and the offense plays better. And then you blame Nathaniel Hackett when Russell Wilson plays bad. David. Nathaniel Hackett's offense looked better with a guy like Brett Ripon. So how is it his fault? I'm going to say this slowly. Just so I make sure. Not not that I'm trying to insinuate anything on you. Just so I make sure for myself that I word this properly. Because I I have a history of not wording things properly and just assuming that everyone knows what I'm saying. I think... That Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are both just as guilty. I think I that's think, stupid. I think Russell Wilson has made terrible decisions at this during this season, throughout this season. I may I think he's made really dumb decisions on the field and off the field. And returns to the his teammates need to talk to his manager to to hang out with Russell Wilson, to even talk to Russell Wilson. That is laughable. Mr. Unlimited, Mr. Go. Yeah, yourself. All of that is hearsay and not fact. It is hearsay, but we've heard it from two different locker rooms. We've heard it from the Seahawks locker room, and we've heard it from the Broncos locker room. It is hearsay. His reachability is not good. But it's a lot of hearsay saying the same thing. Which, again, doesn't build good relationships with the locker room. Which, again, is putting blame on Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm not saying Russell Wilson's blameless. Blame, blameless. <clears throat> yeah, you're saying it's 50-50, which is still absurd. I think it is on Nathaniel Hackett and no one else that he... And I, and I think part of it was he was intimidated by the caliber of Russell Wilson. If you're intimidated by that, you shouldn't be a, he- a head coach in the NFL. I'm sorry, you just shouldn't. If you are too intimidated to coach your players because they have this caliber or that caliber, you don't deserve to be the guy running the show. Nathaniel Hackett should have nipped some of these issues in the bud before the regular season even kicked off. The the using the Seahawks audibles, I know I've said that a bunch of times, that's because it is so brain dead that it was allowed to even happen in the first place. That should have been taken care of instantly. And the fact that it wasn't, that's on Nathaniel Hackett. This is your team. Take control and lead them. I don't like I don't know how else to explain how really dumb that is. I really don't. Like Russell Wilson is a grown man. Tom Brady is not listening to Todd Bowles. Okay. So then Peyton Manning was not listening to Gary Fox. Okay. So Matt Ryan probably didn't listen to Frank Wright. What I'm logic. saying is 36-year-old quarterbacks who have been literally top 3 since they've been in the league by, by Do your, their own thing. By your you want to let me finish what I'm saying? Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. I got on to you for cutting me 36 off. 36-year-old quarterbacks of that caliber do what they do. Period. There is no, oh, he was too intimidated to talk to him. He could say anything he wanted. He could say anything he wanted to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is going to do what he wants to do. 
Period. End of story. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson misremembering play calls and calling Seattle Seahawks audibles is because Russell Wilson has not been fully bought in since he's been here. Not like you think he was doing that in practice, and Nathaniel Hackett was just like, "Oh, that's fine. We'll let it go. It'll be better tomorrow. I promise." <laughs> you think that's what was happening? You think he didn't say something to Russell Wilson? Be like, hey, that's not in our freaking playbook, dummy. You don't think that happened? And do you think just because Nathaniel Hackett said that, Russell Wilson is automatically going to be like, you know what? You're right, coach. Silly me. It'll never happen again. It should. It should. That should have happened. But that's not. That did. I guarantee you Nathaniel Hackett said something. I guarantee you he wasn't just letting this happen and just. Saying, oh, I'm too scared to talk to him. I don't want to. That's silly. That's asinine to think about. If that was how, ha- if, if Nath- either, okay, let's look at this from two different scenarios, right? Let's look at this from two different scenarios. And then we got to wrap this up because this is good. This conversation has spiraled. Yeah, because you say dumb things. Either scenario A, it happens in practice and Nathaniel Hackett doesn't say anything. That is a problem. That is a problem that's on Nathaniel Hackett. I agree, but that is an asinine way of thinking. Option B. It does happen. It does like he uses the Seahawks audibles. Hackett says something. Wilson says screw off. I don't think that's what happened either. Here's what I think happened. I think Russell Wilson has not been bought in this season. Okay. I think Russell Wilson came into a pretty loaded roster and automatically thought, yeah, I'm going to be fine. We're going to crush it. Okay. And I think he didn't give as much effort as he should have been given. I think that's a realistic scenario. And so I think he comes out in a disappointing season in the middle of week eight or whenever this happened. Because this report was not he's been using them all season. It was that he was using them during this game. And so I think he comes out, he's frustrated, he's annoyed, he hasn't been all in. And so he's trying to take things into his own hands and he's trying to remember things, but because he hasn't been bought in, he doesn't have this memory bank stored up. And so he starts naming off stuff that happened in Seattle two years ago. Well, and in that situation, if he's not ready to lead the guys, bench him. If you're too afraid to bench him, that's on you. No, no. What? If you're too afraid, you think an owner and a GM are going to be okay with you taking the guy that you just sold your franchise for and putting him on the bench? I think, listen, what is your biggest gripe when it comes to television? I don't know. That communication. Oh, yeah. I think if you communicate it to the GM, to the ownership, that this guy is not ready to go out and lead your team, on the field, either he wasn't bought in enough or he's not taking this seriously enough, and you would be better served putting in someone who who will use the playbook, who is prepared with this playbook to lead this team. I think that I don't I'm not saying bench him for the entire season. I'm saying bench him to get him to realize, hey, my stuff is not together. I need to get it together. Or I'm not going to see the rest of this contract because the NFL is notorious for players not getting all the money that they signed for. I think, speaking of money, money speaks a lot louder than logic. And so while, yes, Nathaniel Hackett should be able to do that, and the Waltons and John Lynch should be able to say, you know what, that's fair, makes sense, bench him and put somebody else in. 
that should be what happens. But what probably happens is, um, no, we're paying him $100 billion. He's playing football. Same thing with Dallas. Not the same thing because Dak playing significantly better than Wilson. But uh, Cooper Rush came in and won four games in a row for Dallas while Dak had a broken hand. Went right. four and one in a five-game stretch. Cooper Rush was playing great football. And there wasn't even a conversation about going with the hot hand, even when Dak came out and lost his first game. Not even a conversation because Dak is making $45 million a year. Yes, but Dak... Dak has been playing good. It is different because Dak has been playing significantly better than Russell. It is different. But what I'm saying is money speaks a lot louder than logic. And so while Nathaniel Hackett can logically say, guys, our best chance of winning is not playing this man, John Lynch hears we spent a bagillion dollars on a guy. He's going to be playing football, period, end of story. And I agree that's dumb, but money speaks louder than logic when it comes to these billionaires and multimillionaires in owners and GMs. I am not Nathaniel Hackett. Right? I think I think that's a Yeah. yeah. I'm not Nathaniel Hackett. So and I don't know what I would have done in this scenario. All I can do is speculate what I would have done. I'm harping on the Seattle Seahawks Audibles because that is unacceptable. From a professional level. But you're making it ha- you're making it sound like that happened me, for in nine games me, this season. Let me, let me tell you, the second that happened, I'm immediately benching him. The report is it happened once. I, I, I was not prepared for this snowball of a conversation. Me either. But that's the report. That it happened once. I mean that we know of. It it could have happened more. I'm just saying. Yeah, it could have, and he could have had grape crack, grape and peanut butter crackers for breakfast. Who? What does it matter? It what? didn't. The report is all we know. We can only go off what we know. I find it hard to believe that it was an isolated incident with the degree of terribleness that we have seen from Russell Wilson this year. It is time to move on. Move on or move out. Well, move out. I do want to hit the last thing very, very quickly. But um, I just I, – I'm very excited to hear people's feedback on this. I'm so pumped. Um, are you guys being silly little goobers like Thomas, or do you agree with me like the right thing is? So let me ask you um, real quick before we move on. Yeah. What degree of feedback would we need for you to be like, okay, maybe I was a silly little goober? I mean – I would have to know someone who's not just a casual fan of football to tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. Like a legitimate football person. Okay. If your former professor uh, from Martin told me I'm wrong, I would I would consider it. But you, Chris, telling me, oh yeah, no, you're wrong. So what you're no. saying is the feedback only matters if, if it it's comes on from your a legitimate. Listen, when it comes down to it, we're football fans. None of us have been inside a locker room. Football fans are idiots. None of us have none of us have coached a team. None of us have been real pundits. Like we we know more than the average football fan for sure. We've studied a lot more than the average football fan. The average football fan doesn't know as much about football as we do, and I, I would put Chris in that category. But when it comes down to it, we've never been a coach. We have never seen the ins and outs of a coach-player relationship. We only have what we have seen 
from a fan's perspective. Okay. And so my opinion will not change from a fan's perspective because of another fan's perspective. Okay. Because what I've seen and what I believe I'll, is I'll, not going to change because Chris sees and believes something different or because you see and believe something different. I'll reach out to my former professor, get his take on, on this. I, you're going to show me what you send before you send it, though. I, I'm literally going to text. No, you're going to show me what you send before I'm, you send it. I'm literally, I'm, I'm going to say what I'm going to text just so, like, the listeners. I'm, I, I prom- if I don't say what I, if I don't send what I say I'm going to text to him, you can come on here and be like, Thomas is full of it. That's not what he actually said. I'm going to say, who does the fault for the regression and Russell Wilson's play this season fall on? Okay. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, okay. Sweet. It's not leading, open-ended question. He could say something that we hadn't even talked about. (laughs) (laughs) The fans. It's the fans. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Texted him. Told him to play bad. No. It's it's Kermit Mahomes' fault. That's (laughs) whose it is. Okay. All right, uh, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. But I'll anyway, say like, who do you think to like kind of yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know? But anyway, I do just really quickly. Just we don't have to talk about it or anything. Uh, JJ Watt did announce that he's retiring at the end of the year. Uh, important, worth noting. Some Obviously, days. one of the greatest defensive players to ever play. Multi defensive player of the year. Um, Sundays are gonna feel weird without 99. Are they? The last five seasons, most Sundays have been without 99. That's a fair point. He's been yeah, injured a that's lot. That's a fair point. At least we got 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, J.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players to ever play football. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, if we had more time where we actually went into this, I was going to be like, you think he's in the Hall of Fame? And you would say yes. And I'd be like, ah, I don't know, just to throw people off. But, like, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. In my opinion. Um, I think he's the type of guy that you could probably argue, oh, does he have enough games to be first ballot? But with just his sheer level of play when he does play, I think he's the, the level of intensity pretty is easy. Um, I would I would argue Luke Keekley is the same way. Like only played eight seasons, but when he played, he played great. I think Luke Keekley should be a first ballot. That Will is, he be? Probably not. But that is a bigger conversation about careers being cut short. Like, yeah, real, like Luke Keekley's career. If he had been able to play a full career without concussion issues, man. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know what I think about sometimes when we get in these massive arguments? How many people think that we're going to be like super pissed off at each other when this thing ends? And then we're just going to end <laughs> and it's going to be like normal. Hey, you want to go watch Modern Family? <laughs> uh, but no. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening to us scream at each other. Um, let us know what you think. Just Let us really know quick. if you think Thomas is silly or if I'm silly. Really quick. That Broncos conversation was supposed to take 10 minutes. Yeah. This is the same thing we did. When we were, we Honestly, didn't even talk about the Titans, Texans, or the Commanders 49ers. We, it's been like this the last couple episodes. We just keep getting off on tangents. Yeah. And we don't yeah. cut. We don't hit what we want to cover. And it's just, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let us know what you think. Who's right? Who's wrong? It's um, me. Be sure to send Thomas some condolences texts because we all know I'm going to be right. Uh, But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I don't know uh, what you're doing. I don't know who you think the blame goes on for the Broncos situation. I don't know what your favorite movie snack is. Popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not that you're wrong. What kind of question? Maybe with some M&M's. But listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're we're just just here so we don't get fined. fined.